Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here I like to talk about some of the topics that caught my interest over the last week. Now, before we get started, I wanted to say that this podcast is available on most all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and many others. Um, If you could please like, rate, and subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. And I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, and on with the show. Uh, So before we actually jump into the show, I do have some notes and updates here. Um, So the podcast is now, uh, now has an Instagram and a Twitter account, so you can follow me there. Uh, On Twitter, it is at EveryEnthusiast. I I know they kind of limit you to 15 characters there, so uh, I was a bit bit handicapped on picking uh, a handle. And on Instagram, Instagram, it's Everyday Enthusiast Podcast. If you search that, you should uh, pull up the account, okay? Uh, there's not much up on, on either of these at this point. I think the idea is to post links to the stories that I'll talk about on Twitter, uh, but I'm still kind of trying to hash that out and see, um, you know, how that works. Um, And honestly, I really don't know what I'm going to be putting up on Instagram. I just wanted to get the account up there for future use, okay? Uh, But we're there nonetheless, okay? Uh, Also, one last quick note. I know I'm a little late today. Um, This is Wednesday, November 7th. Usually I record and post on Mondays, but I was on vacation uh, until late yesterday. So that is the reason for the late post here. All of the stories I'm going to talk about were from are from the previous week, um, and there have been a couple of updates to those stories since I had you know gone through uh, and taken my notes and everything. But I'm just going to focus on you know I'm not going to focus on those updates. Um, you know maybe those are things that we'll talk about for for next week. So uh, in reference to this week, I guess. So anyway, uh, the first topic I wanted to talk about was the announcement of the OnePlus 6T. So the link that I'll put up is from The Verge. Um, You know, I talked last week uh, about the rumored Samsung Galaxy S10 phone that actually may be being announced today. Uh, I'm not sure, but maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, So the the Galaxy S10 is supposed to be the all screen uh, that I talked about uh, and the Xiaomi Mi Mix 3, both of which are moving ever closer to that no bezel form factor that we're all hoping for. And then we get the OnePlus 6T, removing, or sorry, reducing the bottom chin of the phone, as well as shrinking the notch to a small teardrop that hardly takes up any of the screen real estate at all. So there's two points I wanted to make about this thing, about this phone, all right? The first, is the in-display fingerprint sensor. I love this idea. I probably talked about this before, Um, but this is by no means the first phone to showcase this, but it could be the most popular given that now it's gonna be sold in T-Mobile stores in the US. And also uh, you will be able to use this on Verizon's network, the biggest network in the US, um, for better or for worse, I guess. 
Um, I know that the articles say that it's a bit slower than, you know, a dedicated sensor on the back or face ID on iPhones, but I really don't care. I prefer the fingerprint sensor. Uh, why? I can't really say. I just, it just has more appeal to me. I can't wait until we can hide everything behind the screen. Now, you could argue that Apple might at some point be able to hide face ID behind the display and that could happen, but, uh, you know, I, and I'd be okay with that, but, you know, I still prefer to use the fingerprint sensor, okay? Um, the next point uh, is the price. Now, I know, you know, look, you're getting a great design here. You're getting a huge OLED screen, 6.4 inches, dual cameras on the back, uh, great storage and RAM, uh, and that in-display fingerprint sensor, and near stock Android, which is a big, big thing for me. If I were to switch and I want to one day or maybe have a second Android phone, uh, you know, I know first world problems, right? Um, but this is all starting at $549 in the US. And even if you want the best of the best that they have to offer, you know, storage and RAM and everything like that, if you want to top it out, you're only looking at $629. Now, look, I know that iPhones are not going to hit this price point. It's just, it's not their business model. And there are things that you're getting with an iPhone that you're not going to get here. Um, for instance, Face ID, which is arguably, well, I don't know about arguably, but you know, they say it's more secure uh, than a fingerprint sensor and a better camera, probably a much better camera um, for taking pictures, which is a big, big factor for me with my son. Um, and if it matters to you, iOS, you know, and along with that, you know, FaceTime and iMessage and everything like that. But, you know, these Android options are making it harder and harder to choose iPhones, for me anyway. You know, when it comes to the money and money gets tighter and, you know, in our case, you know, you throw a kid into the mix, it just, it gets tighter and tighter. So anyway, great, great option for Android uh, lovers out there. You should really check out this, uh, this phone. Okay. Now the next, uh, the next topic is the Apple event that happened last week. Now I said that, you know, I was going to keep these comments light because, you know, <laughs> if we were to talk about everything that they announced, I would be here all day long. Uh, but, you know, and there's a lot of other articles and videos out there. I think I went a little bit longer with everything I wanted to talk about, so it's not going to quite be as light as I thought, but here are my thoughts nonetheless. So first up was the MacBook Air. All right, now we're getting a 13.3 inch retina display, first time ever in the MacBook Air, that goes closer to the edge. They say edge to edge, uh, but it's it's not, okay? It's just not. Um, there is still a bezel. It's, it's a lot smaller, but there's still a bezel. Um, so, and this edge to edge uh, in turn shrinks the entire footprint of the device. So, um, you know, it's the same screen real estate, but you're getting the smaller, smaller form factor. What I've heard is that it's kind of somewhere in between the old MacBook Air 13 inch and the MacBook Air 11 inch that they discontinued. Um, you're getting Touch ID uh, for unlocking the computer. The third generation butterfly keyboard, which we've talked about that. I have strong feelings about uh, laptop keyboards in general, but the MacBooks are just getting worse and worse, if you ask me. Um, uh, the force touch trackpad, better speakers, 
Thunderbolt USB-C ports and a thinner than uh, the previous Air, all starting at $1199. So I know that a lot of people were wanting this new MacBook Air, the updated version, to hit that starting price point of $999. But I do understand where they're coming from here. I understand what they did. Um, we're getting a lot more device for only $200 more. And, you know, look, what baffles me is that most, uh, me, the most, okay, hold on. I'm getting flustered because, I'm getting flustered because this uh, is kind of passionate for me because I'm going to be looking at a new computer in the next couple of years and I want to consider an Apple computer, but they're just they're kind of making it harder and harder. But all right, what baffles me the most is that they are still charging $999 for the old model. Uh, the same tech that was in that thing is so old that there is no way that it's worth what they're charging. I just, I don't understand it, okay? Um, I didn't talk about the processors here because there are many different options, but you know, I will say that the entry option is not very powerful. Um, but it really depends on what you're doing with this thing here, okay? If you're just surfing the web, watching some videos, and emailing, then it's going to be just fine. Uh, but, you know, one could argue that if that's all you're doing, you could go with an iPad. Or you could go with, uh, you know, a cheaper PC. Or Windows, sorry, Windows computer. Or even a Chromebook, you know? It, I don't know, you know, it, it depends on what you're doing with it. It depends on what you want. The one thing you're not going to get with those options is Mac OS. Um, next up is the Mac Mini. Um, space Gray finish now, uh, four core processors or six if you like, uh, up to 64 gigabytes of memory. That is insane. Uh, four Thunderbolt 3 USB-C ports uh, and much more, right? Uh, starting at $799. Now, I think I spoke about my affinity for the Mac Mini last week. It was my first brand new Mac. I loved it. Uh, this is a great option for someone that is switching from Windows or already has a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse. But the entry price of $799 is just a bit steep if you ask me. Now you're getting a lot for that, for that price. Um, the nice thing that they did here is adding Basically, they switch it. The old Mac Minis were using laptop components. These ones are using desktop components, so it's going to be a lot more powerful and everything like that. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this one. Uh, it's a bit of a boring upgrade, although you know a much needed uh, upgrade. But it's kind of boring. I I needed an upgrade in the design of this thing. I, you know, I know that's superficial, right? But I would have loved to have seen an upgraded enclosure, maybe a bit smaller uh, of a device, but it wasn't necessary. Um, I, I know that. Uh, it would have only been for the sake of making it look different. And, you know, depending on who you ask and, and me like, I guess, um, that's never a good reason to change something just for the sake of change, uh, especially if it would have hindered the function. So it is what it is. Uh, the last thing here is the iPad Pro 3s. All right, so what are we getting? What are the new things? Smaller bezels with Face ID, liquid retina display, 
five and a half inch, or sorry, the five and a half inch version has been increased to 11 inches, but it has the same footprint, um, so it's no bigger of a device. And the 12.9 inch has uh, the same display, but it's in a smaller footprint. So the actual device got smaller. Um, they're thinner at 5.9 millimeters. We got a new Apple Pencil that actually charges by magnets, induction charging from the uh, iPad Pro itself. New faster processors, uh, 64 gig to start and up to a crazy, crazy one terabyte storage option. Um, and most exciting to me is the squared off edges and a more boxier case. And I think I'll, I'll talk about that in a second here. Uh, we're also getting USB-C connector. Um, and you can attach an external display and charge your phone with this iPad. So there are three things I wanna talk about uh, in regards to this thing. So the first is that USB-C port in lieu of the lightning port. I personally thought that they were gonna do uh, the lightning port and then a USB-C as well, but they got rid of the lightning port completely and put USB-C on this thing, all right? Uh, I just wanna make it clear that I had no issue with the lightning port uh, on the phone, okay? Uh, that is mainly because I don't have any devices that use USB-C, um, but that is the way of tech and computing, uh, or the way that the tech and computing industry are going, is this USB-C. Eventually, USB-C will be on all the things, all the things. Um, I still have almost no hope that Apple will switch to USB-C on the iPhone next, like next year, but I wish that they would. I wish that everything would switch to USB-C and we could just have one cable to charge everything. Um, there's no real benefit here. Uh, the only one of them really is that you could, you know, bring that one cord to charge everything. Um, so you would, well, I guess there'd be a couple of benefits, right? Cause you could charge everything with one cord. Um, you could charge your phone faster because there's more power that's uh, available over USB-C. The ability to connect an external monitor I know there are not a lot of reasons to do this, but let's be real, it would be cool. Um, the new iPhones in some cases have more processing power than some of these laptops that Apple makes. And you know, we have already seen some other manufacturers trying to add in desktop environments to the phones when attached to an external monitor. Uh, you know, Samsung has done this. And the only downside is that the actual port uh, for the USB-C is slightly larger, okay, than, than, um, than the lightning port, okay? But does that really matter? I mean, does it, you know, the new iPads measure in at a whopping, whopping 5.9 millimeters, thin, I guess. Whereas both of the iPhones, are 7.7 millimeters thin. So there is technically more room on the iPhones, which I'm sure they'll make thinner, you know, in the next iteration. But, you know, I have to disagree, or sorry, digress. Uh, I'm trying to read my notes here and trying to quickly run through this stuff at this point because I really could go on for much longer on this. I would love to see USB-C on the phones. I think there's room for it. Do I see Apple doing it in the next next iteration, uh, the next redesign? No, I don't. Uh, fingers crossed, but I'm not holding my breath. Okay, the second 
point about these new iPads I wanted to talk about here is the design. These things look amazing. Aside from the antenna lines, those antenna lines on the on the LTE models look atrocious. I really, really, I, I can't, I almost can't even look at them. Uh, it's, it looks so bad. But on the, on the Wi-Fi models, they look really, really great. And I will say, because I think the new iPads are gonna be in stores today, um, I have not seen these in person, okay? But I'm, I'm hoping that on my lunch break or something, I can go and look at these things and maybe I'll have more to say next week. Okay, um, the flat edges really harken back to the first iPad, which I still have somewhere in drawer. Maybe I don't use it. Uh, I can't update it, but uh, I like it. Uh, and more importantly, the iPhone 5, 5S, and the SE. Okay, if I had to choose this, this, this was really my favorite design of the iPhone. Now, some of that might have to do with the size of the actual device, but the the flat hard edges of the five were amazing i just like that design so much more um there's not a lot to talk about here other than to say that i am definitely i'm not holding my breath uh you know as far as seeing this design coming to the new iphone this new industrial design uh but i I want to, I want it so, so bad. I want to see this. I would just, I'd love to see that, that aesthetic in the phone. And I think that, um, you know, I, I went with the iPhone Max this year or the iPhone 10s Max. Again, terrible name, I've talked about this before, but I think I would go with the smaller phone and in that rounded off design, I'm, I'm lusting here. I'm really, really lusting. But the chances of this happening, I really think are nil. Um, and the last point that I wanted to make here is that there's no update to the iPad mini. I am so, so disappointed here. All right. Um, I mean, look, they talked about it on stage. Not, not at length, but they mentioned it, which is more than I thought they would have done if they're not going to update this thing. Okay. I guess in the end, this just saves me money because I, you know, they didn't give me the new design, which means I don't have to buy it, right? But the new design with updated specs, I would have not even given it a second thought before ordering one of these things. I have said in past episodes that I have the 10.5 inch iPad Pro right now. I love it, but it's really just a little too big, okay? I like my things to be smaller, my devices, to be smaller and portable, and the iPad mini was perfect. Um, and with the new design, I just, you know, even smaller, the, the probably the, the whole device would have been smaller because the bezels would have been smaller if they had kept the nine point, or sorry, the uh, it's a 7.9 inch display. They could have made the whole device a little bit smaller, which would be great. Um, and there's still a rumor that they could do this next year, I guess the first part of next year or maybe mid next year. So I guess in the end, this is just one more thing I'm holding my breath for. You know, I'm really starting to get a little lightheaded here. I'm holding my breath for way too many things. Way too many things from Apple, that's the, the problem. Um, okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about here is the iPhone concept video on YouTube based on the new iPads. 
This came out uh, a day or so afterwards and I knew this was coming. There's so many concepts, you know, for, for new phones in the lead up to the, to the new phones. Um, and it's already happened uh, days after the new iPads. Um, this did not take long, right? Um, so follow the link to the Everything Apple Pro YouTube account and watch the video for yourself. I don't really think they're going to do this, like I just said, but, uh, you know, it, it would be a nice surprise if they did. It, it really would. So even if it was going to happen, it wouldn't be much, or it wouldn't be much of a surprise. I, I mean, we, you know, we see leaks so early now with all of these, right? Like we're not going to be surprised on launch day. Uh, is what I mean. You know, we're, we're going to see leaks of these phones. I hope not, because it's nice to be surprised about, you know, your tech and, and your, your, your everything, right? You know, it's better to open up a, a present on Christmas morning that you didn't know you were getting, as opposed to one that you already knew, you knew what it was. So anyway, not a lot to say here. Follow the link, watch the video. Looks awesome. Fingers crossed, right? Let's not hold our breath, but fingers crossed. The next thing I wanted to talk about is Diablo Immortal. Im Im sorry, Diablo uh, Immortal. So this is a new Diablo game. It's going to be released on mobile exclusively on mobile um, in the Diablo franchise. So many thoughts here, right? Um, an episode or so I talked about Diablo 3 or about the Diablo 3 themed Switch. Uh, and that was going to be released, and uh, my love for the series in general. And as it turns out, Diablo 3 was released on the same day that they announced Diablo Immortal at the BlizzCon, I think, their conference. And, um, you know, the two... Let's see. So, the two, I think, the, the Switch port is the more exciting here. Of the two, the Switch port is the more exciting here. Uh, I've been wanting Dia a Diablo game to come to mobile for a very long time. And this this looks pretty cool, this, this mobile port here. But the only issue is that it's kind of a big one in my book. But as far as I can tell, you have to be online to play. And, I, you know, at first, I didn't think that there was a single player mode. And it looks like there is. So that's good. Um, but I just don't see why I need to be connected to the internet. I know they want to monitor everybody and I don't know, make sure people aren't, people aren't cheating or something, but this means that you can't play, you know, and put your phone in, in airplane mode on an iPad or a phone or anything like that. I was just on a flight and it would have been really nice. I mean, okay. I have a small child, which means I don't get to do anything on an airplane except for wrestle him around and make sure he's not freaking out, you know? Um, you know, so that he's not disturbing other people. So I'm not going to be able to play this, but you know, maybe he's napping or something and, uh, I, I get to play for a little bit. You can't do that. Um, the other thing here, uh, that is a big, big, big deal for me is that I'm really hoping there's not going to be a bunch of in-app purchases. That's going to be a deal breaker. And I, I won't, I won't even buy it if that's the case. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, I did pre-register on the website for the game, uh, and I'm sure that I'll play it. But for for the experience of play, just for the experience of playing it, I 
I feel like I would rather spend my money on a Switch and to play D3 instead of this. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, okay. A couple of entertainment things. I guess this is all real entertainment. But, you know, um, I said that I was going to talk about uh, everything that interests me. All of my enthusiast adventures, uh, right? Uh, we talked about keyboards a little bit, and I'll talk about one in a second here. But uh, I do like to watch uh, some TV from time to time and maybe some movies. So I'll talk about those as as they come through. But uh, at any rate, uh, on with the content here. So there was an article to a new Penny Dreadful TV series. So I have always been a fan of horror, although my tastes have changed slightly in the last couple of years. I used to be a fan of all horror, horror and I still love the genre, but ever since having a child, I have had a hard time watching anything that shows any violence um, towards little kids or children. Um, not that this show does. I'm not, I, you know, the first one didn't, and uh, I, don't, I don't know that this one will, but I'm just saying, as a side note, uh, I, have a, I have a hard time with that. But I love horror movies and TV shows and everything like that. I loved the first three seasons of this series. It was great. The acting was phenomenal. I loved everybody in it. I loved how it um, kind of took a lot of ideas from past horror. You know, there was a werewolf, there was Dracula, there was uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll. Um, maybe I'm getting that wrong. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, Van Helsing. There's a lot of stuff going on here. It's very cool. Dorian Gray. Um, very, very cool. I highly recommend uh, watching this. It is on Showtime, so, you know... I might have to add Showtime to my Amazon Prime account for a month or so once the show wraps up so that I can binge through it and watch these. But it is called uh, Penny Dreadful City of Angels. That is that is the new show. I have very high hopes for this one. Okay. The next thing uh, that I wanted to talk about is Castle Rock. So I just finished this up. This is old news to maybe some of you that have already binged through the show. It's already completely on uh, Hulu if you want to watch through it it's fantastic it is you know it is based on the writings of um of Stephen King and I'm a big Stephen King fan um you know the Dark Tower is one of my favorite series of all time the books the movie was terrible in my opinion and that's not just because I like the books I mean I had some major problems with the movie I wanted to like it I liked uh, things about the movie. I just think overall it was atrocious, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but the, the focus here is Castle Rock. I, it was great. It's a 10 episodes. Really has a lot of Easter eggs uh, about Stephen King's uh, works, but it's not based on any one Stephen King, uh, you know, work or book or novel or anything like that. It's kind of just in the Stephen King universe, which is very cool. So they could explore a lot of different things. And it's great. Um, so anyways, uh, I highly recommend to check it out. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about here was that GMK Carbon keycap set that we talked about. I think it was last week. And it happened. <laughs> you know, I said that when this happened again, that um, I was going to jump on board. I didn't expect it to happen this soon. But... You know, I, I had I had no idea, but it dropped, um, and I 
I'm in. I'm, you know, I'm in to see the, the drop is up on mass drop um, for, I think, another like 26 days. They were doing a 30 day drop. So, you know, a lot of time for people to, to, to jump in. Um, this one is going to hurt my pocketbook, but like I said, I, I, it may never drop again. So I just couldn't miss the opportunity. It is my favorite set in my favorite profile, cherry, you know, classic cherry profile keycaps, um, high, high, high quality. GMK is known for great, great quality. Um, GMK is the, the company that manufactures, but anyway, follow the link through. Um, you do have to sign up for a mass drop account to partake in this. The link that I will put, hopefully you can go through and, and look at that without signing up. A lot of times you cannot just go to their website and look at their stuff, which I think is a big, big thing. I've actually, you know, sent comments to them about this. They really need to, to have at least share links so that we as members can share out links um, so that external people that are not signed up for their um, for their service can view these things. Um, what we what you have to do is put mode equals guest underscore open at the end of the link, which is, I mean, just put that in there by default. A anyway, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a side tangent there. Check it out. Very very cool. So, anyway, um, all right. Well, you know that is all for today, folks. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow along on Twitter using at everyenthusiast and on Instagram at everydayenthusiastpodcast. As I said before, this podcast is available on most major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast and Spotify and others. Uh, please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic.